Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today is the soul, and we've been... uh, exploring this topic for three or four uh, sessions now, and we'll continue to do so, and I uh, hope that you continue to get the depth of meaning from it that I do. But at any rate, I'd like to give some uh, some credit to Alice Bailey, the founder of the Lucis Trust. And Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show comes from those 24 volumes of literature. The following thought comes from the works of Alice Bailey as well. The great need at this time is for experts in the life of the soul and for a group of men and women who, undertaking the great experiment and transition, add their testimony to the truth of the statements of the mystics and seekers of the ages. And Alice Bailey says that the soul is the agent of karma, What does that mean? The agent of karma. Karma is a Sanskrit term. I think people today are quite familiar with it, but perhaps we should define it just to make sure everybody understands what we're talking about. Isn't the word karma really the definition of action? So that... Mm -hmm. Action and reaction. Yeah, it's the... It's the effect that every human being has by whatever he does, thinks, feels, initiates, whatever we put out there, you could say, into the universe is karma. And we have to remember that there's good karma as well as bad karma. But so long as the pendulum is oscillating and not perfectly still, we are um, initiating karma or receiving the effects of it. That's my understanding. Karma is something you really can't avoid um, just by the very fact that we are 
in a physical body uh, which is made up of a certain grade of substance uh, infers by the very definition a certain amount of karma involved because it's really the uh, decision of the soul to choose this particular body, this particular lifetime and uh, it works with the with the grade of substance that it has available and um, whatever else it has in its plans to work out. And so the karma is maybe set and it's uh, from previous lifetimes and carried over into this lifetime. Uh, the, what has to be brought back into balance. And uh, <clears throat> so many of these things we can't really avoid. We just have to start where we are and uh, try to improve upon it. There's an interesting definition of karma from um, a theosophical book titled Some Thoughts on the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita. It says, karma may be defined as the force generated by a human being on the exterior world and the reactionary influence that in turn is generated from the exterior world to act on him. That's a very lovely way of saying we... um, get what we put out what goes around comes around whatever we express into the world through our thoughts, our speech, our actions our desires, our feelings comes back to us eventually but for a very long time upon the evolutionary way I think people don't understand this and their experience of life is very different as a result They view life as something that happens to them for reasons that they cannot fathom. They talk about the inscrutable will of God and about fate and about luck and chance and quite often about how disappointing and hurtful and unfathomably harsh life is. But at some point in the soul's evolutionary awakening, the person becomes aware of a certain responsibility he begins to connect the dots you could say and to realize that life circumstance relationships the environment whatever are in fact his own creating and uh, are reflecting to him something that he initiated perhaps long ago and no longer remembered But at least the understanding is that what we are experiencing in our life, in our environment, in our opportunities, in our circumstances, was generated by us. We pushed the pendulum in a certain direction, and that's why it's coming back in a responsive action. Yes, in the Bible it says we reap what we sow. There you go. uh, Simple and neat. That's the ancient uh, uh, ruling, Mm -hmm. and it's... um, it is based on an ancient law, actually a spiritual law. There is a law of karma or law of cause and effect. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it exists and this whole planet, uh, God himself is um, subject to the law of karma because um, it is said in the writings of Alice Bailey, even God is uh, limited by the uh, quality of the very earth itself. And so we are all caught up in this um, uh, great karmic 
institution here, and that's why the soul is the agent of karma, because the soul stands as the agent of God in carrying out the, the will of God on earth. I find that thought comforting, the fact that our soul is the agent of karma, because that suggests to me that the soul monitors and parcels out the amount of karma that one experiences at any particular point in uh, life, which suggests uh, that old uh, truism that God never gives us a burden too great to bear. In other words, that the amount and degree of difficulty and of good fortune and the circumstances of any sort that we are in are neat and just according to the soul's uh, view of what is needed not for punishment I personally I really don't believe in punishment I was reading recently the great uh, teacher H.P. Blavatsky writing about karma and and about how it is absolutely immutable and uh, unavoidable and if at any time you have ever done anything wrong to anyone uh, it will come back to you even though you've grown and changed and become a better person and uh tried to clear the record and even though you might believe in mercy especially if you're a Christian she says nevertheless it will come back to you you will receive what you put out there personally here I go I'm not sure I believe that who am I to disagree with H. people Vatsky <laughs> well you, you can turn off that. your radio no. <laughs> you don't believe in the idea of a karmic boomerang <laughs> I, I personally at this point in my understanding believe that you can clear the record through love through humility, through the appeal for forgiveness, for through the correction of wrongdoing. I just somehow believe we're given a second chance by the universe and that we don't have to reap the harvest of every bad thing we've done or how would we ever come to an end of it all? Well, there's a lot of good karma, too, and I think the, the good karma is probably outweighs all the mm-hmm. bad karma in the world. Uh, we we think of karma also mostly in terms of you know disasters, human disasters and personal disasters and um, you know, even hurricanes and earthquakes and tornadoes and all of that sometimes are, are ascribed to karmic something we did something wrong so we're getting what we deserve and all that. But I, I think there's there's so much good that goes on in the world that really balances it out because people are becoming much more sensitive nowadays and they, they tend to reach out to people, they help, they uh, cooperate, they give of themselves and all this is just good karma, you're building up good karma as well so it balances out I think in the long run. There's another point um, about uh karma and the acceptance of one's circumstances as they presently are that Alice Bailey makes and she points out when the when the um, aspirant awakens to the realization that life is pretty much as it is because of uh, the individual having set the whole thing in motion at some point in his evolution she points out that um, there's a great value in learning to weather to live through difficult, testing, challenging times, and um, to simply stand, to bear the the tidal wave of um, karma that one reaps, 
and to bear it with courage and with dignity and with as much good humor and um, acceptance and endurance as one can and not to whine too much, not to complain too much because it will come to an end and it is teaching us something. That's, to me, the most important point about karma. It's for educational purposes, I think, not to punish us. It's to educate and uplift and... um, correct us in a way that's utterly benign in its purposes. The soul has a benign intention in mind, and um, karma helps correct our course. We should probably be grateful for it. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today is a continuation of our series called The Soul. Uh, We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. Now, what this means to the serious student is that when you look at Ponder on This, uh, you have all those large volumes more or less condensed in the uh, one book, Ponder on This, and it gives a uh, person a chance to peruse the book and uh, look at the abridged version and more or less establish a priority of those topics that they want to approach uh, first. Uh, The discount comes in the form of free shipping and handling, and it's available today for $16. And so what you'd want to do if you want the book Ponder on this is send a check or money order to Lucis, Lucis is L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And uh, write a little note, say that you heard about the offer on the show Inner Sight. And once again, that's the book Ponder on this, uh, $16, and uh, we accept a check or a money order. Once again, Lucis Publishing, send it to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, By the way, we appreciate those donations, and um, they are tax deductible, and uh, we'd like to remain on the um, on this particular station. We enjoy it, and we've um, received a lot of letters of accolades from you about uh, your enjoying the show. So thank you for your support, and if you want to make donations to Lucis Trust, uh, send those donations to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, if you'd like to contact for us for any reasons, if, you, uh, if you'd like a general package of information that gives you a lot of information about Lucis Trust, uh, you can give us a call at one 695 8247 The easy way to remember it is one 866 I Think of one 866 new york Lucis. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Our website is www.lucistrust.org, and if you can to that website, not only can you, find, can you find out a lot of information about Lucis Trust, but you can also um, find uh, find our previously archived library of radio shows. Uh, there's so many of them that have been archived, and you might enjoy listening to them. And once again, we're talking about um, uh, with, we're speaking about uh, the soul. We're continuing our series. Uh, is the soul only human, or do animals have souls? Can I uh, still add a few more thoughts on karma? Well, sure. You, we were talking about it, and uh, a few thoughts uh, occurred to me as you were um, uh, speaking during the break. It seems to me that this idea of the soul being the agent of karma is an interesting point to consider 
that in a way refutes the fundamentalists that have such a powerful voice now. And I don't mean the fundamentalists of any particular religion, but they are found in many different religious paths. It just seems to be a sign of the times that fundamentalism, a doctrinaire attitude, is setting into the religious view of too many people. And these people who are, I suppose you could say, the people of the book, tend to believe that um, if one disobeys spiritual doctrine or defies um, the uh, religious teaching that they think is so correct, there will be punishment and perhaps uh, eternal banishment from heaven and so on. They don't seem to be aware of the power of the soul which resides in every human being to guide and correct and educate. This inner teacher, which is the soul, is the agent of karma. It is on the job monitoring the development of the individual constantly. And um, if more, more credence, more faith were put in this inner teacher within every human being, we would realize that the journey of every one of us is self-guiding and self-correcting and we needn't worry about anyone going off the spiritual path forever. There will be circumstances and events that will come along as a result of karma that will correct the course. Now, you were saying something <laughs> about animals. I was wondering about, wondering about my uh, my pussy cat that passed Your away several cat. years ago, and uh, I loved her so much. And um, and I guess that's what the question yeah. came, where the question came from. But what happened but to once her again, soul? <laughs> yeah, do animals? Uh, is, is, once again, is the soul only human, or do, do animals have souls? I would think that everything that is experiencing life in a form has a soul because we've talked about how the soul is consciousness and everything that exists is expressing some degree of consciousness on some level but not all consciousness is the same and I think maybe behind your question is the the wondering whether the identity or the individuality of a pet or an animal persists and that's an interesting question. I'm not sure, according to the ageless wisdom, that it does. We don't even know what happens to human individuality. The writings of Alice Bailey say that identity ever remains, but not individuality, because ultimately we're all one. And the whole point of the spiritual evolution of a person is to merge in the ocean of being, as the Buddhists put it, to realize that we are one with the whole. That suggests that individuality doesn't go on forever and ever. And to me, that's fine, because in individuality is a sense of separation. But the animal does not have that same sense of individuality. So, Dale, what happens to the soul of an animal? Well, it's it's not that individualized soul as it is in the human being. Uh, the, it's every every kingdom in nature has a certain degree of consciousness. The soul represents the consciousness aspect, and every the mineral kingdom, the vegetable kingdom, the animal kingdom, all have a certain degree of uh, the unfolding of consciousness, and even the atom of substance has a tiny 
degree of consciousness and intelligent life there. And it, it gradually unfolds as we go up through the different kingdoms, the mineral kingdom, and uh, when you get to the animal kingdom, there is not that individuality there because consciousness hasn't evolved to that state yet where in the animal, let's say, where the uh, it can look upon itself and identify itself as a distinct being. It, it has no sense of I, no I-ness there in the animal. And uh, so that's... Um, that's where the consciousness hasn't yet unfolded in the animal, but there is this soul aspect. And the, the writings of Alice Bailey say that that soul in the animal expresses as instinct. Mm-hmm. I think instinct has a kind of a poor pedigree at this point. We think of something as instinctive as below the belt, not really thoughtful, not really um, under our control, but in fact Instinct is um, the, the animal's first point of entry into the evolutionary path. Instinct is highly significant because it, it verifies, you could say, a particular orientation. And anyone who saw the movie The March of the Penguins saw the instinct of responsibility in all its wonderment and beauty and sacrifice to watch those penguin parents risking everything to ensure the life of a future generation of penguins is inspiring. And that's instinct. And that's the first expression of the soul in the animal kingdom. And that, that's, that's very human, in a sense. You know, that, that instinct is something we um, have inherited from our animal um, past. Mm-hmm. And because man... And some of us override uh, it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Because we develop the presence of mind, and that uh, uh, tends to uh, really block out a lot of those instincts that we, uh, or rather the mind supersedes Mm -hmm. and takes the place of instincts. And uh, so we kind of lose those instincts, they drop below the, the threshold of consciousness in the human being, but they're there and we respond kind of instinctually at times, uh, you know, in the, our sense of responsibility. The human sense of responsibility is very much like that of the, of the penguins. We have a responsibility for our children, for ourselves, and for our families, and for our jobs, and uh, this, this shows that this continuous instinct for responsibility is uh, growing all the time. In fact, if you look at the natural world, you can see the expression of the soul in all the kingdoms. According to the writings of Alice Bailey, even the mineral kingdom uh, expresses the unfoldment of the divine consciousness. And um, anyone who's seen the gem and mineral exhibit at the Museum of Natural History or at the Smithsonian can guarantee that uh, that kingdom is indeed an astonishing um, display of the perfection uh, and the absolutely um, complex and perfected order and structure of the universe on the most dense level of uh, minerals. The vegetable kingdom expresses the soul through its uses in healing, through 
pharmaceuticals and so on and through its beauty of expression. And Alice Bailey says the animal kingdom expresses the soul through instinct. And the whole point of humanity's relationship to the animal kingdom is to bring that that instinctual expression into um, fuller fruition and gradually we're told the domesticated animals will will be progressed enough to enter into the experience of the human kingdom the domesticated animals being what the cat dog horse elephant mm-hmm. um, yeah. all of this is beyond our verification I'm simply passing on information I've read but you can see a lot of the animals, you know, the dogs are so intelligent and they have, they display such intelligence that uh, it wouldn't take much to uh, have them, you know, um, pass on into the human kingdom very quickly. I think they're developing human traits and they have human diseases and human um, human likes and human phobias and feelings and all the bad things about human too. Mm-hmm. They're adopting a lot of human neuroses. <laughs> neuroses. <laughs> yeah, sure they are. And they have they have psychologists today mm-hmm. for cats and dogs mm-hmm. and so I mean they're they're getting ready to jump right into the uh, <laughs> human kingdom in about another million years. I wish a, them well <laughs> <laughs> But um, all this contact with human beings over the millennia has been uplifting to the animals. It's also, in many ways, um, been um, to humanity's um, shame in the misuse that we have made of animals. But I think there's an increasing sensitivity on the part of so many people about what the animal kingdom holds in potential. And we have these wonderful experiments going on in the realm of science with um, teaching gorillas and chimpanzees and so on to communicate with, with, not with verbal language, with keyboards and with sign language. And we have uh, the study of people like Jane Goodall who have uh, studied those animals, the chimpanzees, so extensively. And we have all kinds of pet psychiatrists and people writing books about the animal emotional life and so on. So I think we're becoming a lot more sensitive to the soul of animals and that mm-hmm. is surely quite yeah, and, and sensitivity is kind of the key word mm-hmm. here because it's developing the sensitivity in the animals and uh, it also develops a sensitivity in the human beings because part of our responsibility as humans is to look after and uplift the lower kingdoms the animal, the vegetable, and the mineral kingdoms. Those are our primary responsibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's reaching out in sensitivity, and uh, that also is helping us to advance. Finally, there's that wonderful statement by a writer whose name escapes me about the need not to make the animal kingdom to see it in the same terms as the human. He says... They are another evolution, another stream in the great uh, evolutionary progression of life on Earth. They share the Earth and they share the travail of life on Earth with us, but in some sense they are very much a mystery. And that, too, I think gives us an insight into the soul of the animals. 
please take advantage of the special offer from Lucy's Trust, and that's the book Ponder on This. And Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 volumes of the Alice Valley books. And uh, uh, what you have to do is give us a, a send a uh, check or a money order, $16, to Lucy's Trust. Lucy's is L-U-C-I-S. Lucy's Trust, 120 Wall Street. Actually, it's Lucy's Publishing. Excuse me, Lucy's Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York. One zero 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 five, and uh, also if you'd like to give us a call for any reason, you know you may do so on our toll-free number if uh, you want to call for a general package of information or to order books or cassette tapes of our radio shows. Give us a call at one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easy way to remember it is one eight six six NY Lucis. That's New York Lucis. Um, and also, if you've, we've been having trouble sometimes with our telephone numbers, and if you um, uh, have a difficulty getting through to us, um, uh, then call again, because uh, things will be up and running very soon. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.